Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Hadrico Live. I'm your host, Hadrico, and today we are talking to the third round pick in the 2021 draft of the Houston Astros, Tyler Whitaker, a graduate of Bishop Gorman. He's going to tell us about his story, how he got to where he is, the trials and tribulations he had to get through to get to where he is, and how he's making his way to the big leads in a major way. Want to hear about his story? Don't worry. I got you because Hadrico Live starts right now. Hadrico Live. Hadrico, Hadrico, Hadrico Live. Hadrico Live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Hadrico Live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Hadrico Live. I'm your man, Hadrico. And today, listen, man, we going to the, look, take me out to the ball game. I don't know everything about baseball, but I know that's, that's like an important song, man. Tyler Whitaker. Tyler, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on, man? Thank you for having me. Man, thank you for taking the time to sit down with us. How how's the how you doing out here in Vegas, man? I know you back at home with the fam as you're getting ready to train, getting ready for another season. Yeah. But how's life treating you? It's amazing, dude. It's I'm I'm living my dream right now. Living um, your no dream. Season, but it's everything I'd I'd hoped for and I couldn't be happier. Definitely good to be able to live your dream, but let, let's talk about that dream. But before we get to that, you know, it's always good to get to the end of the story. But before we get to the end, we got to go back. Tell yeah. us about how you got to this dream. Tell us about your childhood. Tell us what it, what it was it like living in Las Vegas. You know, everybody thinks of Las Vegas and everything's about the slots, but you didn't play <laughs> many slots. You was you was out there swinging the bat, man. Tell us about how you grew up. Oh no, I uh, I don't think I've been to the strip more than on one hand in my <laughs> life. So. Uh, I was always at the baseball field, always at the basketball court, always at the football field. When I was younger, I played a bunch of sports and uh, every my love just went to baseball. I still like basketball and football, but it was always baseball. So who was your favorite player growing up? As you was growing up, liking all these different sports, who was the player or baseball player that you wanted to idolize your game after? Yeah, I uh, I didn't really pay attention to big league ball until I was probably... 12 ish. And that's right. When Bryce Harper came onto the scene. So I would have to say Bryce Harper, just cause he's from Vegas, young kid, like played with his hair on fire. And that's kind of how I try to play myself. So I'd say Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper. I mean, that's, that's, that's a, that's a good name to go after. Now it has to be cool with a guy like Bryce Harper. And now you're headed in that direction to be able to play with somebody possibly that was one of your idols. That has to be kind of like a sweet moment to think that you could possibly be doing that here, rare in the near, very near future. Oh, totally. I mean, just for it's on my fingertips. I just got to go out and take it now. So it's like I'm working harder every or working hard every day, trying to get better and just, just keeping at it. So when you go to a, a school like a Bishop Gorman, who's had many great players like a Joey Gallo or some of these other names that have played for Bishop Gorman, do you feel like, when you were going to a school like that, there was pressure on you to become this great baseball player? Or did you just feel like, hey, I'm on my own path. This is what I'm doing. And this is what I'm going to go for. I wouldn't say it's pressure. I would say it's more of like it's a recipe for success. Like Gorham produces athlete after athlete in every sport there is. And uh, I just felt comfortable and I felt at home at Gorman. And props to the entire baseball coaching staff for supporting me and always being there for me. So. Nothing but great things to say about them. 
So let's talk about that process. When you were in high school going through this process, when did you start noticing or what was it like when you first started noticing that these scouts were looking at you and you were saying like, hey, you know what? This thing could actually really happen. What, what are those feeling, feelings like? Or when did you first notice that? Yeah, it was in fall ball. So it was about around this time last year. Uh, my agent, my dad, my coaches, their phones were getting blown up asking when I was playing and stuff and at games and even my practices, there'd be dozens of scouts with cameras on everything I did, whether it's at shortstop or in the outfield or hitting or whatever. So, uh, it was around this time last year and from that time until the draft, it was nonstop attention and cameras and it was it was a blast, to be honest. It was nerve-wracking, but it's there's nowhere else I'd rather have been in talking about positioning. So, so it was like a low, it was like an adrenaline rush to be like, you know what, oh, this yeah. is nerve-wracking, but at the same time, I love it. Yeah, 100%. I play, like, I feel like I do really well under pressure. And, I mean, pressure of life-changing things happening, and it happens, so. Okay, all right. So, now let's take, let's go to that moment. So, that moment comes and you get drafted. Where are you at when you get that call? Take me through the emotions, the feelings. What's happening? What's going on in your head? Yeah, so uh, I was at home. It was just me and my parents. The second day of the draft was uh, on a Monday. So it was, and it was in, the, it started at 10 a.m. So none of my friends were over. The day before we had a little get together just in case I were to go in the first round. And I ended up not, but um, yeah. So the next day, I was almost about to call the coach at LSU, Jay Johnson, because that's where I was going to go. And I was about to call him. And then my agent called me and said, the Astros want to take you. And I said, let's do it. So it was, uh, it was a big old wave of emotions for sure. So how did that process work? Because what made you determine to go to the pros instead of going to college? And with baseball, do you have the choice? If you don't get drafted where you want, do you still can say, I don't want to go, I can go to college. Right. How does that work? Yeah. So as a high schooler, you have all the leverage in the draft because mm -hmm. if they don't give you X amount of dollars, then you can say, well, I'm going to college. So I had that decision and everything lined up right. So um, I took the pro pro route. OK. All right. All right. Sounds like a good day. All right. So let's 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 get into it. So you you get drafted, you go to the Astros, you get you get there, everything's going. But this is what everybody always wants to know. It's like that one question. What's the first thing you bought? Everybody like, what's, what's that first magical purchase? Yeah, I, uh, I got a new car when I got back to Vegas. Okay. Yeah. What, what kind of car did you get? Uh, Mercedes-Benz. Oh, oh, okay, okay. 2021 or 2022, yeah. Oh, you, you went, you yeah. went fancy, huh? Yeah. Okay, I don't blame luxurious. you. Man. I don't blame you. So let me ask you this. What part of your game are you currently working on? Like, I know we always striving to get better. And I know you moved from the outfield and now you're playing in the infield. So how has that changed? So what are you working on now to get better in that? Right. So when I was younger, actually, I grew up playing shortstop my whole life. This last year, I started playing more outfield. I got drafted as an outfielder. But now that I'm in the system, it's like I'm. they want me doing everything. So I'm back on the dirt. I'm in the outfield, too. Like my uh, when I was in Florida, the games I'd play in, uh, it'd be half in the infield, half in the outfield, just to kind of get the reps in and stuff. But uh, the biggest thing I'm working on right now is just trying to come as close to I, I can as per to perfecting my swing and just being consistent at the plate. Because if I can hit, I'll, I'll fly up the system. So I just need a hard, consistent contact. And that's all I'm 
worrying about. And then defensively, it's just be a, be an athlete, react, make the good throws, and that's about it. So, who's the toughest pitcher you faced so far? Who's that guy you like? Man, that guy's got some heat. Uh, it was a guy in Florida. It was the hardest pitcher I'd faced. To be honest, he probably didn't speak very much English, <laughs> and he was throwing a hundred with a cutter and a slider. And it was I actually I grounded out, but I mean in my book that's a win because <laughs> I'd never seen anything over ninety six. So okay. So he was uh, definitely throwing some heat. Oh, he was throwing some fuzz, yeah. <laughs> so has it been everything you wanted it to be or would everything that you thought it was going to be in this lifestyle and the, and the hustle and bustle of baseball, baseball, baseball? How do you balance having a personal life when your right. whole life now is the game that you grew up loving has now became your everyday life? Right. Uh, I think the biggest thing is trying to separate those two, right? Mm. So if you have a bad day of baseball, it's like your life can't be negative once you're outside. So one of the, uh, one of my coaches that used to play, he would say, he said, once you shower in the locker room, the day's over. Whether you have, whether you went three for three with a home run, you went over three, three strikeouts. He's like, that day's over. So you're Tyler Whitaker. Now you're not the baseball player. You're the human. So uh, the rest of the day go about like you went three for three with a home run. Like, so I think that's the biggest thing that I'm learning to do. And then in the off season, it's like my morning and early afternoons, all baseball and working out. And then the rest of the day I have to myself. So take us through a day. Let's talk about that. What is a day in the life of Tyler? What does this day look like? The professional baseball player, what does that look like? All right. So when I was in Florida uh, at the complex, it was wake up at 630 or wake up at six, bus at 630, go to the field. Uh, eat breakfast at the field. And then our, my first thing would be at eight. So I would have hitting at eight from eight to nine, a lift from nine to 10, usually every other day. And then we'd have like a team defensive practice for an hour. And then it would be go relax, eat lunch, and then play a game from 12 to three, get back to the hotel around four. Mm. And then you get some time to yourself when you finally get yeah, back for the rest of the day. And then now that I'm in the off season, it's uh, I'll usually get up around eight, uh, eat a big breakfast, go hit, grab a snack, go lift. And then uh, now I'm starting to throw in more defensive stuff, too. So I do that uh, between hitting and uh, lifting. And then I have from about 2.30 on, I'm at home or doing whatever. So. So as kids, you know, we always dream like, man, I want to grow up to be a baseball player. And this is I'm, I want to do it be in the majors and I want to do all these things. You're actually doing it, man. You're actually yeah. doing that dream. Do you ever wake up and say, holy shit, this is real life. Like, yeah. what, what happens when you get to that moment? Totally. It's all like everything's in perspective. Like I've talked to my mom about this and it's like, are my bad days really like that bad of days? Like. I get to play baseball every day. Yeah, I had a horrible, horrible game, whatever. It's like there's other people that have way bigger problems in their life. Although my problems aren't insignificant, but it's like in my like, in a, if you got to look at it from an outside perspective, it's like I'm playing baseball every day. I'm happy doing it. I love playing baseball. I love being with everybody, like all the guys and stuff. So it's like kind of taking a deep breath and step back sometimes can can be helpful for sure. What are some of your immediate goals right now? What are you trying to work on at this moment? Uh, the biggest thing is getting bigger, stronger, faster because of how, where I am in my life, my body, like I'm in my physical peak and just trying to get 
be productive in the weight room, having a good diet, eating a lot of food, eating the right food, getting enough sleep. I really prioritize my sleep and stuff. Like I wear a ring at night that tracks all my, uh, my recovery and my, how much sleep I get every night. And, uh, I try to get at least eight to eight, eight to nine hours. And, uh, so yeah, I would say I'm really focusing on my body. And if my, like, if my body feels good, I feel like it's going to make it easier to perform better Makes what, sense. rather than the opposite. Yeah. So let's take this to an advice then, because now you are, listen, whether you want it to be or not, you're a role model, you're going to have kids looking up to you. I'm pretty sure you probably started signing autographs. But if it, let's, what was that like? The first time some little kid came to you and said, hey, can you sign my autograph? What was the yeah. feeling? What was that feeling like? It was surreal. I mean, when I went to go sign in Houston, I was at the actual stadium and I got to go on the field with my family. And while I was walking off, a bunch of kids came up with their ball and their pen. And I was like, holy crap, this is insane. And it's like, I'm just me. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't really think that much of it, but to like a kid that has heard about, heard about me or whatever, what what have you. So, uh, I mean, doing it like I'm never going to say no to an autograph, especially to a little kid, because it's like I was a little kid once and I wanted somebody's autograph. So I'm not I'm never going to say no. Well, that's dope about you. What advice would you give young high school players who are trying to get to where you are? Something that if you wish you knew when you were younger or what would you tell them as they try to reach the levels that you've got to now? Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Focus on what you need to do to get better. Be a team player. Be a really good teammate and good things come back to you. Just that simple. All right. So who are some of your current mentors in the game? Do you get mentorship from older players where you're at now? Or what is your main goal? Or when do you expect for yourself to make your debut in the show? Yeah. So the biggest mentors right now, I would have to say, are guys I hit with because they've been in pro ball for eight, nine years now. Uh, They're in the big leagues, been in the big leagues, what have you. So I'd say them and then some of my former coaches that have been in the big leagues and just their experience and that type of stuff. Um, For my debut, as soon as possible, I want to get up there. I want to, I want to be ready. Like it's my dream to like, I, I tackled one step of my dream. Now it's time to tackle the next. Always goal orientated. Now, you have a younger brother who's trying to play baseball. What's yes, that sir. like? How, how do you give him advice? Because you still want to be big bro. So, but at the same yeah. time, you're trying to keep him on that realistic path. How is that when he tries to ask you information or is it that still that sibling rivalry where he's like, I'm not listening to you. You don't know anything. <laughs> no, nah, we, we're, we've gotten way closer, especially since I came back from Florida. It's like, we're, we're close, super best friends now. So it's like, it's not so much the sibling. Oh, I'm not listening to you anymore. He'll listen to me and I'm trying to help him. And he understands that. So, uh, he always, always say, have something to say though, that he thinks he can strike me out and stuff, but oh, that's not happening. It's not happening. No way. No nah, nah shot. Well, you know, listen, man, I think it's amazing what you've been able to accomplish and just the lives that you're going to impact. And just for the people who get a chance to watch this to see how down to earth you are, because a lot of times you get people who reach this level and then they lose themselves. They lose the humbleness. They lose the the person that they become. But even when I met you at, at the school that day on open house, you still just seem like a normal person. And that's a trait within itself. So honestly, I think it's, it's great that you're able to help your brother. And I think for a lot of young people to see that you've got to this echelon. And my last question that I'll ask you is, how do you manage being your age with a pocket full of money and not just 
going crazy and, and spending buying a hundred thousand lollipops and jewelry and chains. Where do you find the mental fortitude to stay grounded in this situation? Yeah, I'm not super, I'm not a super materialistic person. And my, like my family, we never, I never grew up with having extra money and all that type of stuff. So it was like, I was raised really well on how to manage my money and just, I honestly, I try not to even think about it. Like I'm still me. It's just, that's just the benefits of my hard work. And that's how I look at it. So uh, it's nice. The stress isn't there worrying about doing this or that. So uh, that's definitely a benefit of it, but I try not to think too much about it. So the most important question is, when do I get my autographed Tyler Whitaker jersey? That's what I really need to know. When, <laughs> when can we put it on the wall of Hadrico, man? We get, when do we get our jersey? That's what we need to know, man. I'll get you one. Hey, do you know what? That everything is right, man, in the world. This leads me to what I like to call a final timeout. For the final timeout, listen, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you want it, you can go get it. But what he mentioned was hard work, dedication, and keeping his head on street. You can get your dreams, your aspirations, no matter how big or how small, as long as you put in the work and you do what you need to do. we like to thank our guest, Tyler Whitaker, for coming on. And Tyler, how can the people keep up with you if they want to follow your progress, follow your career? What's your social media handles? How can we get the people to join the Tyler Whitaker fan club, man? Yeah, uh, my Instagram is Tyler Whitaker. It's got two R's for the Tyler. And then Twitter, it's uh, TWhitaker00. Well, we'd like to thank you for coming on the show. And that's another episode of Hadrico Live in the books. Boom.